Welcome to another Inward Authority podcast. Today we are going to discuss confession. According to BibleHub.com, confess means to acknowledge, admit, profess, and reveal. We can confess our faith and we can confess our sin. Both are important and valuable. This discussion will focus upon the confessing of our sin. 1 John 5.17 All unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. Now it says all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is that which is not righteous. Whatever we do, think, or say that is not righteous is sin. Remember, sin means missing the mark. And to hit the mark is to be with God. Inward authority is about helping each other to be more accurate with God, to hit the mark. So the goal then is to move from unrighteous activity into righteous activity. There are some who believe that God's righteousness is something that we just can't understand. But that's not biblically accurate. Matthew 5.20 Jesus says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. For more on this, you can check out my podcast on Righteous Adjustments. When we sin, we can experience guilt, shame, conviction, feeling wrong, all of which can experience, we can experience healing or a cleansing. However, there is a process for this. It's humility, contrition, repentance, and a giving ourselves to God for mercy, for forgiveness, for peace, for love. And until we really do it that way, we can miss the mark. We can miss freedom, and we can continue to suffer. So when we are ready to choose righteous adjustments and improvements, uh, one of the first steps is to confess our sin. We will need to look at our sin, evaluate, write down what we find, because we're not going to remember every detail, so write it down. And keep in mind, this is a spiritual process. We need our heart and our mind present in this This is not merely writing and then talking about it. This is reflection. This is being willing to be changed, to do different. The fact of the matter, which we ought to remember, is not only have we sinned, but we will continue to sin. But we can make improvements. We can decrease it. We can decrease unrighteousness and increase in righteousness, which is the goal. Although we can begin with just about any sin, it may be best to begin with some of the big ones. Begin with something that's really tearing us apart inside or weighing us down, hurting us, keeping us up late at night. The 12-step programs go straight to resentments. It could be resentments toward others or even ourselves. The practice of condemnation, even self-condemnation, needs to stop. There can be little spiritual freedom if we live with thinking of condemnation. The path to mercy and forgiveness requires the removal of this thinking behavior. We will need an increased focus to identify such thinking behavior when it happens and to confess it. Yet after we confess it, we can pray for a new direction, a new thought pattern. We can practice asking God to give us strength and guidance. Matthew 9.13 But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy 
and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus called sinners, which is all of us, into repentance, which is to align our inward being more with God. Repent is to turn. Turn to what? Turn to God. Yet before we can turn and begin new alignment with God's righteousness, we must first understand where we are in error. Our first action will be seeking to understand our sin and confessing or sharing it with someone in God. When we confess our sin, we are admitting it is true and owning it. The sin is ours. This is best done without blaming, justifying, or making excuses. If we blame, justify, or make excuses, we may be giving ourselves a pass to repeat it. It's also best to confess beyond mere intellectualization of our wrongs. As best we can, we ought to have our hearts present as well as our minds. In 12-step programs, the fourth and fifth steps involves an introduction to confessing resentments and learning to evaluate ourselves for wrongdoing. As we improve our self-awareness, we can discover more and more throughout our lives. So this is not a one-and-done process. It will be something we practice for our life. The first time I did my fourth and fifth steps, I was filled with justified anger. It was like, yeah, so what? The whole world is a problem. What's the difference if I'm doing something wrong? I did not feel much remorse. That came later. I was blaming my behavior on the world. I believed I needed to behave the way I did to stay safe. I was surrounded by dangerous people, many of which I chose to be around. I chose my friends and hangouts. I chose the fast lane. Taking responsibility for my choices can feel uncomfortable. But until I see the truth that I am responsible, I cannot be empowered to choose differently. Confession is not merely telling on ourselves. It helps us to see our inward part, our choices, to where we might make some changes and improve our souls through trusting God. What we really need is some kind of conviction, some remorse, some feeling that we need to change, that we can change, that we can change with God. Confession helps us to get there. Catharsis, which is sharing our feelings, can be therapeutic. But if nothing changes, it may only be a temporary emotional venting of an ongoing problematic behavior. Something will need to change to fix the problem, or the hurt will continue. We can confess again and again our wrongdoings without making much change. The goal is to come clean and make changes with God. A certain conviction can help, which may be a realization that we are making choices that hurt us or others around us. We may be choosing to associate with others who create the hurt. Even isolation can deprive others the help we might otherwise be able to bring and the spiritual good we inwardly experience through helping. Blaming needs to be avoided, even self-blaming, leading to self-condemnation. Everything that we do and everything that we do not do all affects our conscience. The word conscience is used 30 times in the New King James Version in the New Testament. Clean conscience, good conscience, and pure conscience. To make something clean and pure involves two practices. One is to remove the dirt or mess. The second part is to keep that dirt or mess from coming in. Removal of inward experiences with evil is only part of the process. We are to inwardly add in God's good. The focus is to bring inward good, not just avoid evil. Learning more detail about this develops through action. 
Soon after my first confession, I began learning my character defects. I was at home sitting at the dining room table with a friend. On the table was a collection of 12-step materials and I happened upon a paper that read The Twelve Humorous Steps. Since it said humorous, I instantly believed it was going to be funny. But it wasn't funny. I felt convicted. I will never forget steps 8 and 9. Step 8 said, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to go to any lengths to get even with them all. Step 9 said, got direct revenge wherever possible, except when to do so would cost us our own lives or at least a stiff jail sentence. I felt convicted because I related to this. These steps were describing me. I have a scar on my face from someone who was at the time on my list to avenge. I had a list. I was learning I needed to let go of this grudge, and I did not like it. Although I had confessed with my mouth, I had yet to become convinced I needed to change. The convincing came about slowly over time. Reading the 12 humorous steps was but one situation that helped with the convincing. I still had so much more to learn. Proverbs 28:13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. People every day ask, how are you doing? Common responses are fine and good. We can easily conclude we are fine and good no matter the situation. We can have a heated argument at our home and then walk into work with a smile on our face. Out of sight, out of mind. We are often in a process of convincing ourselves things are okay or good. There are many times where we need to just set the situation aside for the moment, but if we want to resolve, we will need to get back to it and find a solution. We can't change the past, but we can grow with God today, which will affect our tomorrow. Being clay for the potter means we need to be shapeable. If we are hard, fixed in our mindsets, or rebellious towards God's good character, then we likely won't be shaped much with God. We must see where we are hard and resistant to change, and become more flexible to grace, so grace can do its work. We will need to sit down for a while and honestly evaluate our inward selves, thoughts, feelings, and soul. To grow with God, as the Bible describes God, we will need to improve our discernment with how we are doing. We will need to get real with the truth about our inward selves. Throughout this process, we can experience inward conviction. Such responses are crucial spiritual influences. It is imperative we separate fact from opinion here. If it's opinion, we can consult a spiritual advisor or mentor with it. I believe we all can benefit from reality checks with others. If we draw conclusions based upon opinions, it may undermine growth with God. Here are some classic examples of opinions. I am a terrible person. I can't change. Or, I'm evil and going to hell. These are not God's messages, nor align with who God is. God is love. In regards of the going to hell, I highly recommend a thorough concordance search and study upon the word hell and its uses in the Bible and the different translations. The pattern that I discovered was it was my choices that brought me suffering that I did not need. It was not God. It was me and my choices. Many of us just don't get what God's love is. We must practice growth mindsets. 
we must be willing to set our own understanding aside, listen to opposing ideas, and then test them, learn from them with an open mind. Let's be clear that our beliefs can create our reality. We can open our minds to give God a chance to show us a new and different perspective. We can choose to put an end to self-reliance and ungodly habitual thought messages. We can choose to stop the I can't messages and instead think, Thy will, not mine, be done. We can choose to believe our limited understanding could be wrong. It's best to limit the words should and yeah but. For example, I should have done better. I should have known better. Or, yeah, but I'll do it tomorrow. Or, yeah, but that doesn't work for me in my situation. Proverbs 28.13 says, Confesses and forsakes. Both are needed. We confess and forsake. That means we will choose to stop. The stopping of sin is not the goal. The goal is turning to God and doing God's will. In steps 6 and 7 in the 12-step program, we're to humbly pray for the removal of character defects. We will need an increasing awareness of our defects and God's goodness. Because at the same time, we're living by new spiritual principles in every aspect of our being. We will need a practice of choosing to redirect ourselves into God's grace. Choice is and has always been our responsibility. James 5.16 Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We can choose to practice confession, prayer, and opening our hearts and minds for healing. The words in James 15 are that you may be healed, not that you will be healed. And the healing is quite contingent upon our readiness. Stiff necks, hard hearts, and fixed mindsets or rebellion can resist grace. Are we inwardly ready to be changed with God? Sometimes we can learn about a verse or scripture without going into the context of what's happening. Let's look at 1 John 1, 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of us can take away from that that all we need to do is to confess our sins, and then it's done. However, if we read the whole chapter, it can reveal more requirements. Let's read more and pay close attention to the word if. Remember, the word if is a clause describing a contingency. The word if is used four times here. 1 John 1, 7 through 10. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The goal is pretty clear that we are to walk in the light as he is in the light. And what will happen? We will have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, we have sin. We have it right now. If 
we refuse to acknowledge our sin, we may end up with, His word is not in us. Confession is seeing and owning the errors in our ways or our sin. That means we need to look or seek out where we are wrong. If we don't see it, we can ask others to help us find it, perhaps some who are really close to us. Here are some questions that might help. Are we hurried, worried, stressed, or angry? Are we patient and loving like Jesus? Do we speak sincere truth in all things? Or do we lie, deceive, or take advantage of others? Do we think about self-interest or isolate? How much time do we spend during the day thinking about how to help others or to better sincerely and honestly serve God's interests? Are we good listeners with empathy? It is best to be as objective as possible when answering such questions to avoid our own personal bias. If we are willing, we can review these questions with another who knows us well and invite their feedback. Our goal is to learn the truth about ourselves. Whether it is comfortable or uncomfortable, we still choose to do it. Spiritual growth can develop through learning things that are uncomfortable. Suffering is part of the journey. As we discover our sin, whether it's in our thinking, in our words, in our demeanor, in our actions, we must write it down because we will forget, or at least pieces or parts of it or some details. Let's now look at John 3:16 to 17 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Many people have learned these verses. It has been used so much I once found it stamped on the underside of a fast food restaurant's cup. But let's read more and see what it reveals. Verses 18 through 21. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. So to understand this thoroughly would require us to really know good and evil and what it means between light and dark, which it seems to be good and evil. So... Hopefully you can see how important it really is to understand more precisely what is spiritually good and spiritually evil. What is it in us that's really spiritually evil and spiritually good? Those who have studied themselves to learn their evil deeds and have made changes to walk in the light can inwardly relate to these verses. We can know the word better through experiences with what it describes. Those who have done the truth come to the light, expose their deeds, and changed with God to walk more with God will likely relate more to verses 18 to 21. Confession is part of this journey. Coming to the truth and the light is to discover more who we are inside. 
We can improve awareness of our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. We can do this. We can study how the Bible describes good and evil and relate to it. We can improve and grow with God through this process. Let's not let fear nor discomfort deter us from accepting grace into our hearts and minds. Let's humbly and faithfully gradually improve our walk with God. Mm -hmm.